Hey friend, welcome to The Ashley O Show. I'm your host, Ashley O'Connor. I'm a registered nurse turned health coach, and I am on a mission to keep people out of the hospital and into healthier lives than they ever thought possible. How? By getting back to the basics, prioritizing mental health, ditching diet culture, and repairing our relationships with food, fitness, and our bodies. Expect unfiltered, unapologetic, and unsugarcoated conversations about building lives, careers, bodies, and minds that are stronger than we could have imagined. The truth is, I don't have it all figured out, but I plan on spending my life searching for answers to the most important questions. This podcast is all about bringing you along for that ride. Now let's go chase some uncertainty. I had this thought hit me the other day, and it's one that I have been wrestling with for weeks and one that I realized I really needed to share with all of you as well, because it's a big question that I think we all need to be asking ourselves, especially as women in society. Who were you before society told you to be somebody else? I have been getting so many women coming to me, connecting with me, asking about coaching, or just reaching out to me in general. And there's a common theme that I keep seeing over and over and over again with those who have reached out to me and the women that I currently am working with, where they don't know who they are anymore, where they don't know who they see in the mirror. They don't connect with their reflection anymore. And the frequency with which this is coming up in my life alone tells me that there is something really insidious going on in society today. And this is not new, but it's also not something that I think we should be ignoring. And I think we have for a really long time. It's, it's really easy to brush this off. And I think this is what happens, especially as women. We feel this, something in our guts has been telling us that this is wrong. I know for me, there's been a disconnection. There's been that gut feeling that I'm not being who I, who I meant to be, that, that I'm supposed to be bigger, that I'm supposed to be different. And I've had this hit me multiple times in my life where I'll make some changes once I reach that point, but I still was never getting to the root of the issue. And this is what I'm seeing in my practice. It's women who reach a point where they can't take it anymore. And that's when they reach out for help. When they find themselves standing in the bathroom, looking at their reflection and having no idea who that woman is looking back at them because they have lost themselves. When they reach this point where somebody asks them what they want for dinner and they realize they have no idea what they even like anymore or what they even enjoy, what their hobbies are what they actually like to eat, what they like to do for fun. There's this point where women are reaching this threshold where they can't take it anymore because they feel completely disconnected from themselves and like they are a stranger to themselves. And that is a terrifying place to be. I know how hard that is. And I know how heavy that burden is to carry because we feel like, what's the point of this life if I don't even know who I am? And that's why I bring up this question, because maybe you are at that point for yourself, and maybe you need to ask yourself this question. Who were you before society told you who to be, before society told you to be someone else, 
before society told you to be quiet, to be smaller, to shrink, to fit the mold, to be a good girl, or whatever else? Who were you before then? Because for me, the point that I'm reaching is that I'm realizing that teenage Ashley, the girl who questioned every single social norm, who was rebellious in nature and headstrong and stubborn, the girl who refused to get an iPhone and stuck with a flip phone for way too long because she was afraid of technology taking over her life, the girl who wouldn't get a Kindle because books were better, the girl who got into arguments, the girl who challenged authority, the girl who asked big questions. I'm realizing that that's who I have been all along. But somewhere along the way, I decided that it was easier to fit in, that it was easier to just bend to the will of what society wanted from me, because it's not a comfortable place to challenge that. You get a lot of resistance. I was told over and over again, you're supposed to go to college, and then you're supposed to meet the person that then you'll marry, and then you'll have kids, and then you'll get the career, and then you'll buy the house, and then you'll work for 60 years and then retire, and that's when you can enjoy your life. I was told that that's what I was supposed to do. And when you're told that enough times, it gets really exhausting trying to resist that. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that there are so many women, and I'm seeing it in real time. There are women that have been doing that same thing, bending to the will of what society wants from us, fitting the mold. They've been doing this for so long that they don't know who they are anymore. They can't remember who they were before society told them who to be. And this influence of societal expectations goes far beyond just our careers. It bleeds into not only our careers, but our marriages, our five-year plans, our body, how we dress, how we speak, how we lead, what we like. I could go on forever. There's so much influence bleeding into our lives that molds us into a shape that is palatable by society, by the people around us. But when we play pretend for as long as so many of us do, it's inevitable that at some point we break. I can't help but think of like Stepford Wives or many of those movies that depict this of women essentially being created or molded to fit what they are supposed to fit and usually coerced or just manipulated or brainwashed or whatever else to fit what other people want from them. They always reach this point in the movie where they wake up where they snap back into reality. And this is what's happening. This is what I'm seeing so often. This is what's happening for me too, where you reach this point where you hit a wall and you're like, I can't do this anymore. I am terrified about the fact that I don't know who I am. I can't keep going like this. It is exhausting to keep pretending. It takes so much energy. And in case it helps you to see examples, I want to give you The examples that I'm seeing pop up as I work through this process of asking myself these bigger questions and realizing that so many aspects of my life have been for other people or have been to try and fit the mold, even as I step out of a typical career, even as I challenge certain social norms, there's still these deep-rooted pieces that I'm noticing have been there for a long time that were my attempts to fit what society wanted from me, that those were still there even as I broke through some of those barriers. So in terms of career, for example, 
I went to college in my undergrad because I was told by everyone in my life, my parents, siblings, relatives, friends, everyone, that I I have to go to college. I'm supposed to go to college. I wasn't going to go. I had no plan to go to college because I either wanted to be a writer or I just didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. So why would I go to college? But I was told that I had to. So I picked a major. I picked psychology because I really enjoyed a class in um, my senior year of high school. And I was a fucking mess in my own life in terms of my mental health. And I think that's typically what drives people into that profession often is or that that um, career path is their own issues. So like, well, maybe I could go to school because I could better understand what's going on in my head. And and it was fascinating. I absolutely loved it. But here's the other crazy part of all this is that once I picked my major, I got criticized for that too. Everyone told me, you can't do psychology. You're never going to get a job. That's a stupid career path. It's also easy. That's not a good enough choice. I was told that over and over, that there's nothing I can even do with psychology anyway. So why would I pick that? Well, somebody told me I needed to go to college, so I don't know. (laughs) I picked the first thing that didn't sound miserable to me. And then once I graduated, I really couldn't find a job that paid very well, especially in behavioral health, because behavioral health is so underprioritized and underfunded in our country, and that's a whole other bigger issue. So I found a job in biomedical manufacturing that I absolutely hated, but it paid the bills. So I kept going with that and knew that maybe I had to pick a different career. I needed to do something. I thought about nursing because I saw people around me. choosing that profession and being highly respected. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I do not regret going to nursing school at all. I learned so much and I, taking care of patients and helping people has, has always been the underpinning of, of what it, my motivation is in life. And nursing did fit that bill. But a large part of that influence was that behavioral health wasn't respected at all. And I wasn't finding a job that could pay my bills or give me a salary that I could live off of. And so I found a career path that would, that would give me the stability. That's what I was told. Nursing would always, I would always have a job. It would be stable. I could make decent money doing it. I thought that I would make a ton of money, which (laughs) is kind of a joke, but I was told that it would be reliable, that I would pay well, that and that I would be respected. Nursing was very clearly a respected profession, and what I was currently doing at the time was not. And so I went back to school. I got my degree. Um, And meanwhile, this entire time, I'm in a relationship that has gone on in my teenage years into my my mid-20s for seven years. And the other expectation that was being placed on my shoulders while I was making all these decisions was that I was supposed to get married now. If you're together for seven years, that's the next step. You can't, you can't delay that. I was being brought into pawn shops and, and, and jewelry stores to look at rings that I knew that I didn't want, that I knew weren't right for me, but I was afraid because society and everyone in my life who was then influenced by societal expectations was telling me that I was supposed to get married. I am very glad that I did not. It wasn't the right relationship. It's not his fault at all. Um, it's just that's not the way the direction our relationship is meant to go. I'm glad that the teenage version of me was still sitting there, 
still knew that this wasn't right and, and got the courage enough to say, this isn't going to work and I don't want to marry you and we need to move on. That was, was teenage Ashley shining through there. Those are big examples, but I also think the small things really add up too. I'm going to give you some examples that I'm, I'm certain that somebody out there is going to relate to as well. It's the pieces of yourself that, that don't seem as obvious because we can all cite that idea that we're told to pick a, pick a certain career or get married or pressured on the, on the timeline of our lives of when to have kids and everything else. But also I think that there is something very pervasive with societal expectations on what is an acceptable body. What is acceptable clothing that we can wear um, and how we speak and present ourselves in society? And this was highly influenced for me as well. When I was a teenager, this self that I'm getting back to, because that's who I believe I am at my core before she got squashed and muted and, and, and oppressed and, and, you know, stuffed down. <laughs> she was a pretty rebellious girl, like I said. So lots of black um, some like bright neon colors. Uh, she had gauged ears. Some of you may not know that about me. I used to have one inch gauges. I got them fixed because I was told that I couldn't get the nursing job that I wanted with them, which I wish I didn't do now, but that's okay. But as I moved into my twenties throughout college, the way I dressed started to change and started to just slowly fit the mold that I saw around me. And it's a lot of subtle things, a lot of subtle comments that start to influence this, that maybe we resist initially, but eventually we bend to. So as a, as a girl who wore lots of black, I get, I get cold told all the time, like, why can't you just wear some color? Like, why can't you just wear a dress every once in a while? Like, why can't you just try a floral print or whatever else? I'd dye my hair really dark or black, and it was like, well, why can't you just try highlights? These comments and this influence by others is often well-intended. It's not like people are trying to be malicious in any way, but that influence does slowly shape who we become to try and fit a mold, because like I said, it's exhausting to continue to resist. So my clothing changed. And if you've been following along for a while, you know that I've had a really tumultuous relationship with my body. And that I think is also shaped by society. You may not have had an eating disorder or you may, you may have. And if you did, I think that that has a lot to do with the expectations that are placed on women's bodies on how to fit a mold that somebody else set for us. But even if you never had an eating disorder, the Diet culture in general and the health and fitness industry has been telling us what type of body is acceptable for a very, very long time. And I think in chasing impossible standards or ideal body types or dream bodies or whatever else, that we can lose ourselves on that path because it's somebody else dictating what our body is supposed to look like, what, what size or shape is acceptable and if we don't fit that mold, we will chase it until we drive ourselves into the ground. And it's no wonder that we lose who we are along the way, or we lose sight of ourselves, or we feel this horrid disconnect with our reflection because of the shame and guilt that is placed around a body that doesn't fit a mold that somebody decided. And listen, I could 
sit here all day and give you a billion examples of this being true in our lives. And I am sure that you have been listening to this and you've been nodding along in some way, shape or form in some way this connects back to your life too. Maybe you are reaching this point or have reached this point where it feels like a stranger looking back at you in the mirror. I'm not here to tell you that I have all the answers, that I have a perfect linear path to finding your way back to you, but I do know that it starts with harder questions. I do know that it starts with waking up. And that process isn't fun. Let me tell you that right now. This process isn't uh, butterflies and unicorns and a perfect Instagrammable journal practice that gets you back to you at your core. It's usually a lot of pain and healing and letting go and forgiving and moving forward. It's a, a giant roller coaster that has some really dark spots, but also some really beautiful highs. But I want you to start with this question. Who were you before society told you who to be? Before society told you to be someone else? I want you to go back to that. Who was she? Go back as far as feels right. I don't care if you're going back to when you were five years old and you said you wanted to be a veterinarian. I just want you to think about why you wanted to be a veterinarian. What was the motivation? What was that girl like? What was her personality? What clothes did she wear? What did she dream about being? Maybe she was told that she was too loud. Maybe she was told that her skirts were too short. Maybe she was told that she wasn't smart enough. I don't know, but I want to know. And I want you to get to know her again too, because it's a slow process, but you start to pick up on themes and you start to realize that you are really proud of that version of yourself and you kind of miss her. And I think it's small actions of turning back to that part of you, of opening her back up, of opening the box that maybe was closed a really long time ago because it was a lot safer to do. But that's how we start to get to know ourselves again. That's how we start to connect back to the woman in the mirror. And the other mistake I don't want you to make is thinking that the way to get back to that person, to reconnect with who you are, the woman standing in the mirror, is not to lose 20 pounds. That is often what people come to me for as well. And there's nothing wrong with having that goal. I'll support you. We can build a plan that's going to get you there in a sustainable way. Absolutely. But I want you to know that self-discovery and learning who you are and who you used to be and who you are at your core, that's not about weight loss. It's not about the food you eat or how you move. It's not about setting a bigger goal. It's not about finding the right program. It's about you doing some work and getting reacquainted with yourself. Sometimes it's really painful. Sometimes it's like burning, like setting a fire and watching your life burn and figuring out what's left in the ashes. That sounds really dark, but sometimes that's the process. All I want at this point is for women to feel like they can come home to themselves, to their bodies, to their skin. I want women to feel confident and empowered and feel like they know exactly who they are. And it's not a switch that we can just flip. It's not that simple. But it does start with episodes like this. It does start with this work. And that's what I want to contribute. This is what 15-year-old Ashley was trying to do for me. She was trying to keep me safe and at home in her body. She was trying to resist the pressures of the world, trying to 
break her and shape her into what would fit better in society. She was trying to resist, but she she was only so strong at 15. And now, as I reconnect with that version of myself and that girl who is so headstrong and stubborn in the most beautiful way, that girl, she is now serving all of you. It's not just about me anymore. It's not just about me finding myself and me reconnecting to the rebellious girl that is at my core. Now, my mission is to use that strength to help everyone else, to make it so that every woman feels like she loves the person in the mirror. And again, it's not overnight, but it starts here. And I want to help you. I know I'm a health coach and a personal trainer and a nurse, But we all know that our health goes way beyond what we eat and how we move. It also means that we have to feel at home in our skin. So I want to start there. I know this episode was kind of all over the place, but this question hit me and it felt like it almost knocked me over. (laughs) So I feel like you need this hit too, that you need to wake up and realize that you are absolutely incredible at your core. I know it's scary to go back, but it's also, to me, way more terrifying to wake up every day and not know who's looking back at you in the mirror. I don't want that for you anymore. I want you to be able to answer the question of what brings you joy, what you like, what your hobbies are, your favorite foods, everything in between. I think if we can all dig down to the core of who we actually are, who we were before society told us to be someone else, that that is when we step into careers and bodies and lives and relationships that are everything that we ever dreamed of. So let's do that together. I'm a DM away in coaching. This is one of the pieces that we tackle is getting you back home. And I want to help. If you would, this episode feels like one that people need to hear. This episode feels like one that's going to light a whole bunch of fires around the world under women who need it. So if you could, please share this with your girlfriend, with your nurse friend, with a coworker, with your sister, with your mom, whoever needs to ask themselves this question, I want you to share it with them. And if you do, please tag me because I want to connect with you. But I also want to thank you because you guys are the reason that this podcast is still here after three years, that we're still growing and that we're still moving forward and that we're evolving. That's all you. So I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your brain space today. Like seriously, it means the world to me. If you connected with this episode, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends and tag me at Ashley Osho so that I can personally thank you. That way, we can build an army of badass women who believe in themselves that will take the world by storm. I cannot wait to see what we make possible.